Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I'm joined by just one of my gaming dads. Mr. Gary Witta is here, personally, is out this week, so I filled him in with an awesome co-host and a special guest, Miles Dompierre from Windows Central Gaming. Miles, how are you, my friend? It's great to have you back again. I am fantastic, dude. Always appreciate the invite. You sounded the 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 conch, and I was here, and I'm ready to rock, ready to talk some Xbox. Last time I joined you, it was the last Friday show, I think, yes. if I remember right. And now I'm joining you polar opposite, a Monday on a Tuesday, <laughs> but let's go. Monday on a Tuesday, Miles is in my short Rolodex of people I can call an hour before the show and say, please help me, I need you, and Miles will always be there. So thank you, Miles, for joining us once again. Gary, I haven't seen or talked to you in a while, and I love catching up and hearing all of your awesome stories. So I need to know, first off, Gary, how are you doing? I'm good. You know, as the same complaint that I always have, too much to do, not enough hours in the day. I have probably, I'm probably running about a 60 or 70 hour sleep deficit at the moment that I, at some point, hopefully, and maybe when both of my kids are gone to college, I'll finally be able to get that back. But yeah, you know, no complaints. No complaints, Gary. That's what I like to hear. Let's catch up for a second because Gundog is still going down on twitch.tv slash Gary Witta. We need a little bit of an update right now. Maybe Miles doesn't know what Gundog is. Maybe some of the audience doesn't know that we've gone week after week bringing you the excitement. What can you do to fill us in? Yeah, just real quick. You know, Gundog is uh, it's uh, the audio book adaptation of my own uh, novel, uh, which will be coming out soon. But the audio version, weirdly, because I just started to do it in a weird ways, actually out now. Uh, we did the adaptation first. The print book that you'll be able to read or the ebook, whatever, the, the readable version will be out uh, sooner, a date uh, to be announced shortly. But the audio book version of it that you can listen to is actually out now on Twitch. We do a live listening party uh, every week, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific at... Uh, uh, twitch.tv slash Gary Witter. I introduce each episode. We all listen together. And then I do like an author Q&A at the end. You can also find uh, the first five, what, what will be the first four or five episodes by the time this goes out, uh, archived on my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Gary Witter. But the main thing I'm trying to drive people towards right now, because it's launching very soon, is the podcast version. If you type Gundog, G-U-N-D-O-G, into your favorite podcast provider, it'll pop right up. And right now we just have a prologue um and a little message from me promising that the podcast is coming really really soon but you can you can subscribe right now and then when the episodes start dropping uh which will be very soon you'll be able to get those directly into your feed so yeah it's been really fun the response to it um has been uh terrific people are really enjoying the story and i'm really enjoying listening uh along with them on the on the live twitch feed it's been a lot of fun i'm so glad to hear that gary i hope that the twitch audience is really vibing with it have you noticed that gary stepping away 
from gameplay and bringing such a, a different spin to the Twitch world? How's that going? Yeah, I didn't know if people were going to respond to it because Twitch, you know, is traditionally for, you know, people playing video games. And obviously it's, it's it's a much broader based platform now. There's music, there's cooking, there's IRL stuff. You can do all kinds of things on Twitch now. But the idea of doing essentially kind of a radio uh, drama or an audio uh, presentation where there's not really anything to look at, but just to listen to. I didn't know if that is something that uh, people on Twitch would be into. But the live aspect has really been the the key element there um you know people get to respond to developments in the story and plot twists and things uh in real time and for me as the author that's really really fun you know because we live on live on feedback right we want to know that people are enjoying the stories that we're putting out there into the world so to so to be able to sit here and listen along with the audience and seeing the real time literally in real time people going oh my god or whatever like as things are happening in the story is is really really fun and i've enjoyed that part of it immensely awesome I like hearing all that. And I missed you a ton. Are you playing any games since you don't have many hours in the day? My daughter and I have been playing a lot of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Because uh, she is an actual fifth grader. So we, I, I got to put myself to that exact test. I have a real live uh, fifth grader in the house that I can play against. Uh, all the family's been having a lot of fun uh, playing that. Um, and I just started just yesterday found a little Game Pass gem. You know how we talk about Game Pass as a great way to discover games you might not ordinarily have tried. I don't know if either of you have tried it, but I just started playing last night a little a little gem called Midnight Fight Express, which is a Ooh. ton of fun. Ooh. A ton of fun. It's Ooh. got an old-fashioned isometric brawler. Um, really, you, know, you can just bash buttons and, and beat the crap out of everyone, and I've really, really been enjoying that one a lot. Miles, have you played that yet? I haven't played it yet. I've, oh. I've been wrapping up some stuff that I'm currently playing. And then my friend group and I, we dove into another Game Pass gem that came out a couple months ago that we missed called Salasta Crown of the Magister, which uses official D&D rules. And it's basically a tabletop-like experience, similar to Divinity, um, but really <laughs> captures the, the essence of D&D, but is way more convenient. So we've been uh, nerding out pretty hard and playing that uh, a lot lately. Okay, I like that. Well, back to Gary really quick, because I haven't played yours, Miles, but I will say Midnight Fight Express is a banger, Gary. Not just a gem, it's a banger, because when that soundtrack kicks on oh, yeah. right at the beginning, you want to hurl your controller through the window and just start screaming. It's that good. It's so much fun. It's got and a great I, soundtrack. I mean, too, Mike, you don't need much to hurl your controller at something. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing that a lot, is right. But this, this one got me excited for sure. It's got a really good soundtrack. It's got a great visual style. It feels like an old throwback kind of game. Like story-wise, it feels like it has shades of, you know, kind of Final Fight and Streets of Rage and the classic kind of, you know, gangs have taken over the city and you've got to fight back against them. And, you know, the isometric uh, style is very cool. It reminds me a little bit almost of games like Hotline uh, Miami and just that vibe of like walk into a room and like beat the crap out of everyone in the room. You can mash buttons if you want, but there's also more sophisticated combos build up your character the game's got a good sense of humor um i'm it, it's it, i just really really enjoy, and I, again it's on game pass you know you can't go wrong it's a, it's a small download or play it directly from the cloud uh i'm really really enjoying it. and it's one of those games that you can just burn through and i don't know if it's like six or eight hours long but it get it feels like one of those shorter games you can you can have a lot of fun with it in a short time move on to the next thing it's a it's a great little bite-sized game recommend that's my if i have an official gaming recommendation for this week check out midnight fight express ton of fun well gary recommended right there i like that miles before we get into the show of course a lot of people know that last week uh halo talked about their upcoming seasons and we're going to talk all things halo infinite in just a little bit but before we get to that miles i have you here 
You are the king of horror. You're excited for the spooky season to set in. I know you played a lot of Evil Dead. I need to know, first off, what's the update on Evil Dead? Are you still playing that game? Have we dropped off? And what horror game would you recommend to people for October right around the corner? I mean, a lot of people, this is controversial, but spooky okay. season kicks off September 1st. That is the camp I'm in. So on September 1st, Halloween's in full effect. Horror movies every single day. Let's go. So yeah, horror, I'm always dabbling in one way or another. Gaming-wise, I haven't been playing as much because there hasn't been a huge release. Uh, Evil Dead the game is set to get a big update this coming Thursday. So they're going to be adding two new characters and a new demon to play. So the squad's ready. I will say, unfortunately, the, the matchmaking cues got a little brutal. Uh, most Mostly we play as survivors. So mostly it's our core group of four, and there's the one demon. Um, but there's been some balance complaints in the community, so nobody wants to play the demon, which is a struggle with asymmetrical games. So everyone wants to play survivor. So if you queue as a demon, boom, instantly in the match. If you queue as a survivor, though, strap in, boy. Pull out that phone, jump on Twitter. We're talking five minutes or more. So... Um, yeah, I'm hoping when they add that new demon, it kind of evens it out a little bit because I'm, I'm ready to go. And then upcoming, we got Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. Uh, there's going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre earlier in the year. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the video game? What timeline are we living in that that exists? So, yeah, it's a good, good time to be a horror fan. And there's a lot of stuff I'm looking forward to on the horizon, but immediately I haven't been playing much, to be honest. Okay, I like that. I like that. And I'm glad that you brought up some of them because that was the one I was going to ask you about is what's the vibe check on Killer Clown, right? Is this going to be it or what is this going to be all about? I need to know your vibe check on this one. Is this going to be it? Um, I don't know. This was the one announcement at uh, Gamescom that I just couldn't believe was real. If you had given me 100 guesses at a franchise that was coming in video game form in 2023, even as a huge horror fan, Killer Clowns from Outer Space would not be in those 100 guesses. That was such a wild, weird thing. I've done some digging to see what the core loop is going to be. Three clowns versus seven survivors. Uh, will it be it? I don't know, but I'm going to be there day one to find out. Uh, no questions asked. I'm checking out Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the game. And if you haven't seen the movie, check it out. Most people, when I posted my excitement for Evil Dead, the game, a lot of people were like, what is that? A lot of people hadn't even heard of that. And I think that's an objectively much bigger franchise than Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So I assume most people haven't seen that movie. And the, the, the short and sweet of it is aliens that look like clowns invade Earth. They trap humans in cotton candy cocoons and basically harvest them. And that's the overall premise of this movie. That's going to be the premise of this video game as well. So let's go. Let's get weird. That's okay. where I'm at. I have not seen the movies, Miles, but the Evil Dead game did get me to watch all the Evil Dead movies that I've never seen before. So this might be a perfect one. Ooh. Gary Whitter, you know movies more than the next guy. Killer, killer Clowns from Outer Space, you know about this? Yeah, of course. And as Miles was talking there, I was just thinking about what, a, you know, what, an, what an odd um, choice it is to make a video game out of it. Maybe, but maybe that's what makes it interesting, you know, like the, the big, obvious movies uh, are always the ones that you know you expect oh yeah well, well of course they're going to make a star wars game or whatever and we we see those time and time again but um i actually kind of like the idea and i hope it's the beginning beginning of a trend i really hope that killer clowns is successful because maybe it'll lead us to go uh, explore like other kind of half forgotten weird you know indie 
we you know, strange like trauma films and all this kind of weird yeah. stuff. Um, you know, let's let's get some Toxic Avenger video games in the mix. Like, let's just you know just go to the weird places. And um, I, I like the I, I like the fact that I always talk a lot about when things get adapted. It's always better, I think, if it comes the impetus to make something like let's make a video game out of this or that if it comes from a creative imperative rather than the commercial one which is to say don't just do it because the 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 film you know sold a million movie tickets or the book sold a million copies like do it because it's a fun it's a fun idea to make a video game out of it and killer clowns is a weird one because it's such a cult indie film it's one of those films it's like people kind of like remember the name but they haven't necessarily seen it it's like is that is that actually a real film did they make a movie called that yeah they really did and you know you, you probably haven't seen it unless you're a fan of a particular kind of like really weird you know genre uh cinema um but uh no i'm i i i think the instinct is 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 good is you know let's let's find some uh some some weird ass movies from back in the day that people still have some kind of affection for and find a way to 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 bring them back we saw it with evil dead i mean evil dead's a, a bigger thing but that was a weird little cult indie movie as well when it started out killer clowns is a great example again there's i i, I we could probably do a whole podcast where we fantasize about weird ass like 80s movies that would be great um kind of forgotten gems to make video games out of and that's how i'm going to end this intro to the show gary is i'm going to put you on the spot you know you brought up the uh the Earthworm and the Can video game to us a long, long time ago. So you got all the weird games. What is one crazy franchise that you would make into a game game? Well, you know, I, you, I, for me, there's only one answer, and you probably never heard of it. But it's I actually just did a did a um uh, a podcast. Uh, I, I was on I was on a podcast called Overhated, where uh, people talk about films that they love, even though most people uh, don't have you know a lot of affection for them. And I, for me, I grew up in the 1980s with this British movie called Hawk the Slayer, which is this weird ass kind of fantasy uh, adventure. You know how like in the eighties we were making all these great um, uh, fantasy, original fantasy films like, you know, Lady Hawk and Krull and Dragon Slayer and Beastmaster and Willow and Legend and all these kind of weird ass original fantasy films. Hawk the Slayer was kind of like the British entry into that, into that pantheon. And it's a very, very cheap, um it almost looks like a bunch of people just went larping in the woods it's very very cheap you can find it on amazon go go watch it on amazon you can watch it free with ads highly recommended it's a weird ass film if i if i had like an infinite checkbook and i could do like no one else would ever bankroll this it's a ridiculous idea but you're asking me what i want like if i could wave a magic wand i would love to see like the 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 triple a big budget hawk the slayer rpg that's what i want all right gary i like that i like that well Let's jump into it and let's have some fun. Of course, this is the kind of funny X-Cast. We post each and every Wednesday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, RoosterTeeth.com, and of course on podcast services around the globe. Don't forget that Kind of Funny is now Epic Games Partners, which means if you are buying games off the Epic Games Store, if you're upgrading your look in Fall Guys, Rumbleverse, or Fortnite, or buying a season pass for Fortnite, please Use our epic creator code, kind of funny, at checkout. It's no additional cost to you. You can help support the team in a brand new way. And speaking of support, we always love to give a big shout out and thank you to our Patreon producers for the month of September who support us over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. A big shout out to Fargo Brady, Delaney Twining, uh, Holy Crampets, Holy Crumpets, Holy Crumpets. Okay, you got me on that one. James Hastings and Casey Andrew, thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon. And this week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by ExpressVPN and Chime, but we'll tell you all about that in just a little bit. 
Guys, let's jump into the big headlines for the Xbox gamers out there. And it's Halo, Halo, Halo this week. And uh, it's a mixed bag of emotions once again when we're talking about Halo Infinite, which is kind of sad to say as we near year two of the game, closing in on year number one, coming to a close. But uh, let me give you some of the big breakdown because we had a nice roundtable sit down with Brian Gerard, Joseph Staten, and Sean Barron, the head of Halo Infinite Live Service uh, for from 343 to talk about the future updates coming to Halo Infinite and where we kind of stand right now looking at the game. So here's some of the highlights and then we'll kind of react and talk about it. But on the positive side, the team really wanted to address the challenges since launch. They talked about the roadmap taking longer than what the team wanted with one to two seasons this year. Uh, and then the plans and the thoughts for the future with Sean over at the live service team. So of course the priorities, once again, achieving, achieving seasonality get our players more of what they want and get them faster with greater consistency. Two seasons in a year doesn't cut it. Another one over there was infinitely rewarding. They want players to feel rewarded for playing no matter what they play. Three was personal and welcoming. Players feel like they belong and can express their halo identity in meaningful ways. Competitive and fair. Players can expect an experience that is competitive and fair. Skill and teamwork should be the path to victory. And five, stable and high quality. Players can expect a smooth quality experience with few technical flaws. So that is really the team over at 343's main priorities right now as they shift their focus and look towards the future of the game. A couple of big ones there, Miles and Gary, that I took away from that. When we kind of break down what those priorities were, right? They went a little bit deeper than just kind of the one top level sentence here. When we look at infinity or infinitely rewarding, they talked about match XP and career rank. And that was something that we talked about at the launch of the game, right? Hey, I'm not being rewarded for how I play. I'm just chasing challenges. And that's the only way to elevate the battle pass, right? And so they're looking at that of going, well, what if we gave you match XP for every single match, depending on how long you played, how well you played, your kind of outcome of that. And how does that balance into the season pass? And we'll talk about that in a little bit in the future of what they're going to do with match XP and the season pass. And another big one was career rank, right? Everybody likes the battle pass being free and being able, or the free and slash paid and being able to carry with you. But they wanted something to kind of tie to their account. They didn't want just the battle pass. They want another number. They want a rank there next to their name. So I thought that was really unique and interesting to see. I think when they look over at other stuff, right, a big one on the personal and welcoming, they really preach player safety and reporting. They're going to put in a full-on reporting tool coming in season three that they're really passionate about and behind that you can report people right in game. You don't have to go anywhere else, which is a big deal for them, right? Another one, of course, anti-cheat improvements. We talked about that, Miles and Gary, throughout season one and into season two of being a free game on PC and anywhere, right? People are going to cheat. And that's a big one right there is to make sure that the cheating is settled and best quality for the gamers out there. But here's some big news. Got some sad news. Go along with their priorities. The big news that you need to know about the team has decided to fully cancel split screen co-op campaign, a big time call right there from the team at three, four, three. And we're going to get into it in just a moment about what that means for you and uh, kind of the sadness that is felt right there. There will be a mini season to be held between two and three called the winter update that will start on November 8th. That's going to have forge beta network co campaign co-op 
mission replay, new achievements for the campaign, and a little bit more. So kind of an interesting one here. We're not going straight into season three. We're going to have kind of a holdover from November all the way till March when season three starts. There's some positives here and also some more question marks that we'll talk about in a moment. But here's what you can expect fully from the winter update on November 8th. You'll have two brand new maps. 343 has created two brand new maps that they've created through the Forge tool that many players will be able to use. There's Argyle, which is a 4v4 arena map that supports stealthy play styles with dual grapple shot spawns along with dual sniper spawns. And Detachment, which is a CTF-inspired map. Uh, it will also host the first teleporter in the Halo Infinite maps, so that's pretty dope. There will be a new mode, Covert One Flag, one flag with a little twist leaning into Spies versus Mechs, where each team will have a loadout. Attackers will have Pulse Carbines, Sidekicks, and Unlimited Active Camo. Defenders will have Commando Rifles, Swords, and Unlimited Threat Sensors. Both teams will have a chance to attack and defend, so a little new mode for you. There will be a 30-tier free battle pass. Now, you're probably asking, why is it free? Of course, this is a shortened little season in between where we're going right now, but it's time to reward players, and they want to make sure that you're feeling rewarded. And also, this is where they're going to start to test that match XP, right? This will be kind of the testing bad to see how well does match XP work alongside the challenge XP system that we already have and what they can do. You'll have two 10-tier uh, events throughout December and January, and that will be the close of the winter update from November till March. So Season 3, Echoes Within, will begin March 7th. So quite some time to wait here, but they want players to think of this as the beginning of the goal of seasonality. There will be a new 100-tier battle pass, custom game browser, robust player reporting or in-game reporting, two new maps, one arena, one big team battle, two new modes, VIP and escalation, one new weapon and one new piece of equipment. Miles and Gary, that's a whole lot out of me, so I'm going to turn to you for your initial reactions. Gary Witta, Mr. Halo, you were addicted at one point at the beginning of all of this. We look at the new roadmap. We have a winter update, and then we move into Season 3. How are you feeling as a Halo fan on this? I mean, I'm an interesting case study, right? Because I'm part of the problem that Microsoft and uh, that 343 have right now, right? When the game first came out, as you know, I was all in. I couldn't get enough of it. I was I was playing it every hour that I that I could and, and 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 stealing time from I would get up in the morning early to play it to get an extra hour before you know everyone else woke up. I'd stay up late at night with my headphones. So I didn't but you know I'd play in my lunch hour. I was like a hundred percent in. I loved, even though I wasn't very good, I loved playing Halo, especially with like a, a regular group that I had rolling. And then at some point, you know, I I I hit that wall that a lot of players hit where it felt like there wasn't enough content, tired of playing the same maps, tired of playing the same game modes. And it just, you know, at some point you just kind of shrug and go, eh, go do something else. And I think the biggest problem that developers have is once a player walks away, it can be very, very hard to get them to come back. Even if you dangle all kinds of very tantalizing things. It's, got, it's like, this is a bad analogy, but like if you've ever been on like a car dealership lot and talking to a car dealer about buying a car. They really don't want you to walk away. So, you know, they're like, what can we do to put you in this car today? Because you say, oh, I'll think about it and come back. They know that most of the time when people walk away, they don't come back, right? So they've got to get you while you're on the lot. Um, and that's the problem is once you walk once you walk off the lot, 
even like a very tantalizing thing can be can um can can be not enough to get you to come back. Like you know where, when season two came out and they dropped all kinds of stuff. I was like, oh, that sounds good. I didn't go back though. It wasn't enough to get me to go back. Um, I think that if there is a way for Halo to turn a corner, and it does need to kind of turn a corner at this point, because here's my big thing. Like you can talk about the, the the player numbers and all kinds of various things. And I'm not like dialed into the community right now. I'm just kind of like generally kind of hearing the vibe as someone who's not playing regularly. This is not very, very scientific at all, but like just as a general kind of vibe check on Halo Infinite, like, can you honestly say that that Halo Infinite has the feel good factor right now? I think probably the, the, the answer to that is no, right? You've got a lot of disaffected players. Um, I mean, a, a, a huge, you know, even when we had, um, Joseph Staten on the on the show, I got the impression that he felt like he knew right that what they would do, they needed to to step to step it up to get to kind of win the trust and confidence of players back again. They had a tremendous tremendous start, this great honeymoon period, but boy, did it fall off after that. And right now, the feel good factor, I would argue, is not there. And that's and and again, that is someone that's kind of observing from outside of the current uh, player base. The split screen thing was a huge huge bummer to a lot of people. That actually landed with more of a negative impact than I would have thought. Cause I was like split screen. Like a lot of people think these days, I think that split screen kind of harkens back to a bygone era, like all kind of huddled around the TV playing GoldenEye, you know, with four player split screen or whatever, but like who played, we're all online now or we're playing, you know, with other people in other rooms or whatever, like split screen, who does that anymore? Well, it, I think a lot of the people that were complaining about it, arguably the argument was made, oh, you were never going to play split screen anyway. Like they sacrificed it because whatever data they had, they felt like it's not that big a deal. Like if we've got something has got to give, let's get rid of something that, that not that many people play anyway. So I think like a lot of people were kind of symbolically complaining about it. But then there were, I mean, I saw, I don't know if you saw this, might be like Alana Pierce, our former co-host was like, I play, I still play split screen. I was waiting for split screen to come along so that I could play the campaign in that way. And there may well be a lot of Alanas out there. So like some people really were negatively impacted by that. And when just the optics of it were not good, you know, a feature that was baked in and promised from day one, it's not like it's delayed, like campaign co-op, like, no, it's just gone. We're just not going to do it. Um, and so I can understand that, that that was not a good look uh, for 343. But to try and kind of end this 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 little speech on a, on a positive note, games can and do turn the corner all the time. Battlefield 2042, which has had a terrible, terrible launch. My understanding, again, as someone who doesn't play regularly, but just kind of like seeing what the community is talking about, that is starting to come around. People are warming up to, to some of the content they're finally adding, like still too little, too late. But Battlefield 2042, I think players are starting to kind of, there's a bit of a feel-good factor creeping back in. Uh, remember Star Wars Battlefront 2 had a calamitous launch, but by the end of that game's life cycle, they'd actually gotten it to a good place. So things can come around. As we've said a million times before, Microsoft and 343 are hugely, hugely motivated to make this game work. This is not like Crackdown or some other game that if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. This is Halo, right? This has got to work. This is their flagship, right? And and any failure that that, that Halo suffers the optics of that are like 10 times magnified you know beyond any other game so they have to get this right even if they have to like really throw a lot of money and resources at it they've got to do whatever is necessary halo like too big to fail right halo's too big to fail so they've, they've got to do whatever is necessary i think the secret bullet in the chamber and i'll be interested to hear if you two agree is forge if they can get forge right 
I think that can bring a lot around. I've seen some of the stuff that I've seen coming out of the Forge beta is really cool. I think people are going to do really crazy and wacky stuff. It's basically turning Halo into Roblox, right? Where you can just just make anything you want in this world. This kind of huge creative sandbox. I think you're going to see some really, really inventive original stuff come out of it. Granted, that puts a lot of onus on the player base to start creating. It's always like most are saying, I don't know, what do you got, players? Can you create something cool? But like, here are the tools to do it. That's the key, right? And Forge, historically, has been a huge part of Halo. I think if they can get that right, and they can start kind of capturing people's imaginations and firing their imaginations, as Forge has done in the past, and start bringing that user-generated content to the fore. Yes, they have. To, yes, they still have to do all the other things. That list of kind of priorities that you laid out, absolutely. Yeah, of course. Like those are all very non-controversial. I think any developer of any Halo type game would say, yes, we agree with all that stuff too. Like, of course, those are things you should be doing. But saying that those are things that you're prioritizing, that's the beginning of the process, not the end. You still have to execute on all of those things. I'm confident they will do that again because of the whole too big to fail thing. Again, I've been talking for a while. I'll just say, I think Forge is the key. If they get that right, I think a lot of other stuff will fall into place. Miles, before I let you go, I'll give a quick note on Forge because, of course, we don't have the full deep dive yet. More news is to come. But Brian did share a couple of cool, interesting facts for everybody out there. So Forge mode is more powerful than any to date. You can now place 7,000 or the object max with 7,000 objects in Halo 5 or no, 7,000 in Halo Infinite. Object size at Halo 5 was only 1,600. So a massive amount of objects now being able to place in this. 343 has crafted an experience to forge uh, closer than ever. So players will be able to create something similar to 343 that's never been done before. A couple of canvases with multiple biomes and much larger in size than before. And object scaling as well, along with scripting programming and navigation for bots. So a whole lot of stuff coming in this forge right now uh miles of course i want to hear your initial thoughts to all of this right do you have that feel good feeling like gary brought up here reading all of this news yeah so gary touched on this a little bit but the overall conversations surrounding halo infinite right now are they're not positive and that's a really unfortunate place for the game to be i'm in the same camp with gary that i think they will commit to this at some point in the future. This will be the Halo game that a lot of people wanted it to be. But getting to that point is going to be rough. And as Gary touched on, you're going to have to do so much work to ensure your audience that you are committed to this project and what you bring to the game is valuable. And the local split screen cancellation I think isolated in of itself maybe isn't the biggest deal. There are people who like Alana love local co-op. I grew up playing local co-op. It would be so cool to sit down with a friend and, and play that split screen. So that is a bummer, but I think it's just compounding all of these little things, all of these, these, I guess, broken promises that might be seem a little extreme, but all these features and mechanics and systems that they promised you at launch are now being delayed. And those delays are being delayed. And the expectations from the community are just are, are not being met. And now I, I put up a poll on Twitter uh, just, just to see how people felt about this roadmap and, and to see how they feel in the confidence. And I asked, do you think that co-op is going to ship before the end of the year? And even after this roadmap, 51% of people said no. And there are thousands and thousands of votes on this. So there's still a huge contingent of people who are looking at this roadmap and saying, 
you know, you, you let me down once, twice. I don't know that I can trust this roadmap. And that's that's got to be hard. So I feel for everyone at 343, there's a lot of negative sentiments from people online. that, And some of those people take it way too far and it gets way too ugly. But the reality is a lot of people, a lot of Halo fans who love Halo aren't happy with the state of Halo Infinite. And that that's such a bummer because we were all riding that high at launch. Halo Infinite, the core gameplay and the map design of Halo Infinite at launch, impeccable, so good. Like Gary, I was playing this every single day for hours and hours and hours in a way that I hadn't really played a first person shooter. And then you, yeah, you hit that wall and you want more and you want more. And then <laughs> 343 comes out and says, we can't give you more. We're gonna make season one six months and the first time around, people are like, okay, six months, you're shaking the dust off. I, okay. And then they come around with season two and say, hey, sorry, actually season two is going to be six months as well. And then towards the tail end of season two, they say, actually, sorry, season two is going to be 10 months. Sorry, we're going to give you something in the interim to make sure there's some bit of content this winter. So you're not going 10 months without anything, but people are not happy with year one of Halo Infinite. And... I think for me, it's just, it's disappointing in this, if I'm just speaking strictly from a fan perspective. What I wanted from Halo Infinite and the launch of Halo Infinite was to be kind of the mission statement and the kickoff for Xbox Game Studios and how they handle these IP and how they handle these releases. Because they've had learning experiences in the past with Gears 5, Sea of Thieves when it comes to ongoing games. And it was really cool to have Halo Infinite's launch coincide with the anniversary of Halo. Lots of great merch, lots of great controllers, lots of energy and love surrounding Halo Infinite. But, you know, now that we're separated, now that we're almost a year out, I feel like that was the main driver for getting the game out at that period of time, as opposed to what was actually best for the game. And so for me, that's, that's a little disappointing. That's a little frustrating. That being said, Halo is a important IP to a lot of people. Halo is an important IP to Xbox and 343 Industries. So I am confident that they will stick with this. And hopefully a year, two years from now, uh, we can maybe forget about what this launch was and just be excited about where the game is. Because I know a lot of people who felt burned with Sea of Thieves and who have come back and really appreciate what the experience is now. Um, but I think ultimately a lot of people are also just kind of tired of that, being asked to wait beyond launch for an experience that they are happy with. And I don't think it's unfair to be disappointed or frustrated. Um, but yeah, at the end of all of this criticism, at the end of all of this outrage are people. And so for me, it's important to phrase these things in a way that's constructive, because until we hit the dystopian future where AI is making all art in video games, uh, there is a person there. And so it is important to know that a lot of people just want to make a really good game and are feeling really, really bummed that the community is unhappy with the state of the game. Well said, Miles. And it's tough because, yes, you're right. In a couple of years now, this game could probably be fantastic and have all the content I could ever desire. But right now, walking out of what we saw last week, the excitement the it factor, the wow factor of I want to go back just wasn't there. It felt like we're just on this broken record once again, where it's like, man, this just isn't hitting the way it should be hitting. And I just expected more, right? And I think when we look back on the year, right, we had a year delay. We missed the console launch. We come out a year later. We extend those seasons, like you said, I'm looking at two brand new maps 
out of a whole almost year, it feels like, right? And it's just not fun to play the same maps over and over again and expect more content out of this live service game and just not be delivered that content besides a bunch of microtransactions, right? Like I'm down to buy cat ears on my Spartan if I got somewhere dope to show it off and play. And it just <laughs> never felt like that over the year. And it just loses your interest. And especially in the day and age that we live in with so many games, so many first person shooters as well, all competing for your time. You know, I can only play bizarre so many times before I get burnt out on it. Right. And I look for that next big thing. And when I look at this one now, it's like, okay, here comes another two maps that we're going to play, but it just doesn't feel like we've hit that seasonality like they want to do, right? That they talked about with Sean Barron over there with the live service team of, we got to get out a faster clip. We got to somehow find a way to keep players engaged, give them more content, give them more modes, give them more maps, and really be engaged with what's going on, right? I've praised the co-op campaign because I really think what they've done over there with the No Spartan Left Behind program is exciting and it's the right thing to do with co-op campaign, right? Ensuring that everybody is kind of on the same level playing field, all the progression carries over, each Spartan can get their own things. Like that excites me, but also no campaign DLC a year later, right? Like that's tough as well with something where that campaign was so good and campaign co-op is going to be great, but I'm still doing the same thing over again. I thought for sure we'd be at the point where we'd be launching campaign co-op which has already been delayed almost a full year here with some sort of new campaign dlc right just something to get us excited to go back because i don't know if it's really all that exciting to go back to something i've already done with no new incentive whatsoever so it is tough and it sounds like a broken record but you feel for them like you said miles right i think about that team over there every single day and i think man what a tough position to be in because that team struggles with they can't do anything new because the old player base hates anything new, right? We battled over sprint in the video game. We can't even talk about BR without anyone losing their marbles. And like that team is just stuck in such a tight position, trying to give us the very best. And what they did give us was some of the very best halos ever seen. It's just lost its luster after time with no new additional content to keep up the fun, which is too bad. And leaving last week, it just was, disappointing it just felt like oh here's another blog post that we're going to skip and keep it moving in no way shape or form does this get me excited to go back or re-download or download it and delete it a week later after i played the two maps you know what i mean it's just a very tough situation to be in it's kind of deflating as an xbox fan to think about this should have been one full year of looking back on great content of halo infinite and excited for the next year of this live service game and we're just not there yet. Even the HCS has lost its luster. And that's like the pros. That should be exciting. That first week when they did HCS and everybody lost their mind, what a great time that was. And I haven't felt that reception. I haven't felt like that since the first time, which is too bad to see. But we got a lot more to talk about because we had some great viewer questions coming with some hard-hitting questions that we need to talk about. But we'll answer those right after a word from our sponsor. 
This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like checking in your baggage at the airport without a lock. You don't know who's looking through all your stuff, finding all of your Nintendo Switches, your PlayStation Vitas, or all the other things that you're hiding in there. When you go online without a VPN, internet service providers, ISPs, can see every single website you visit. They can legally sell this information without your consent. Nobody wants that. That sounds like a bad time for everybody. You can browse more anonymous it's easy to use and it works on all devices. I love ExpressVPN. It is super simple to use. I feel safe across all of my devices, knowing that whether I'm on my desktop or my mobile phone, people aren't getting in there. I'm safe on the internet and what I look at, what I browse, that's mine. That's for me to know. Secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash kind of funny today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash kind of funny. And you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash kind of funny next up shout out to chime like a cool breeze chime is a refreshing way to handle your money there's no monthly fees no maintenance fees and no minimum balance fees so it's how banking should be done and when you need access to your money you can do so fee free at more than 60,000 in-network atms at many locations like most walgreens or 7-elevens you can also send money to anyone even if they aren't on chime fee free for you and no cash out fees for them chime no monthly fees no vibe killing fees sign up for a chime checking account it only takes two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score you can get started at chime.com slash kf games that's chime.com slash kf games chime is a financial technology company not a bank banking services provided by a debit card issued by the Bancorp bank or stride bank na members fdic out of network atm withdrawal fees apply except at money pass atm in a 7-eleven location and at all all point or visa plus alliance ATM. Other fees such as third-party and cash deposit fees may apply. Chime.com slash KF Games. All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's going to be a hard episode. It's a, it's a little down, but there's some positive nuggets in this. But the audience, they got some hard-hitting questions, and we need to talk about it. And I like this first one right now because Billy kind of brings the real. Billy wants to know simply, are we overreacting? Is Halo Infinite really in trouble, or are we just overreacting? I'm a fairly casual Halo player, and I enjoyed every moment I had with Infinite. I liked the campaign, and I poured hours into multiplayer at launch. I dip back in every once in a while, too. Is this a number, another example of the quiet majority or the quiet majority and the vocal minority? The echo chambers of Twitter and press certainly paint a negative picture about the game, but I still have a lot of fun with it, but that's just me. Keep up the great work, everyone. Mike, please stop tipping $100 bills to the garbage people. They already get paid pretty well. Take care, y'all. That's during Christmas, Billy, and that's just a big thank you, okay, Billy? Don't bring, don't bring that up on the podcast. Now, Miles, I'll kick it to you first. Are we just overreacting? Is everything well and good in the casual audience, and should we be happy with where we stand right now at Halo Infinite? Here's what I'll say. You are entitled to feel the way that you feel. And if you are upset about how the launch of Halo Infinite has, has played out, how the ongoing support has, has not really delivered in a lot of categories, and you happen to be someone who loves Halo, I think you can be frustrated. You can be disappointed. I love Halo, and I'm kind of at the point where I'm just playing other things. Like, there's plenty of stuff to play, and so it's not as big of a deal for me to just say, 
I'm not going to play Halo for a while. I'll come back when there's stuff. When they give me an incentive and give me a huge reason to come back, I'll be there. But until then, I don't. it's not affecting my day-to-day. There are people who love Halo, want to play Halo every single day, and don't have a reason to play Halo every single day. And so for those people, I think they are legitimately upset. When it comes to overreacting, sure, there's the people on Twitter who just wanted Halo Infinite to fail. Uh, there's the people who, like you touched on, the the old heads, if you will, who don't want Halo Infinite to change. I say, you know what? The next Halo game, break every single rule Halo has established. Third person, horror, ODST, just do everything different. Just just to shake it up, just to have some true creative freedom with this this IP and, and get weird with it. Or have a team come in and do a, a totally different spin-off. Hire a bunch of people within 343 to experiment with Halo and just have the core experience that people can find about and then see how you can experiment and push the envelope a little bit. But to say the community is overacting, I think is a little bit unfair because I think there are a lot of legitimate concerns and criticisms about halo infinite right now gary you've seen overreacting in your day and you're usually calm cooler yeah, i've, done a, I've done a lot of it myself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't want to bring that up gary but okay we can go there we can be honest with each other gary you've done some overreacting in your day what do you think about this gary do you think that the fans are overreacting it's it's really hard to say. That's why I wanted to qualify my earlier comments you know, by saying I'm someone who is not currently like directly plugged into like the Halo conversation, right? I'm not on Halo Twitter. I'm not on the message boards. I don't know what the numbers are currently. Obviously, Microsoft don't release a lot of those numbers, so we we don't know. Um, but yeah, again, as as someone who used to play Halo a lot and now is kind of like still somewhat interested in the conversation because it's Halo, right? Again, that's the point, right? It's so big. When we talk about it, it, is the reaction to this over-exaggerated? Well, maybe to some extent, but also maybe not because it is what it is. Like how can, like if Halo fails or Halo succeeds, anything that's happening in the world of Halo is going to get more attention because it is absolutely Xbox's, you know, flagship title. There's no question about it. Nothing else I don't think even really comes close. Like the Master Chief and, and Xbox are, you know, the reason why Master Chief is on the back of the, the Series X you know, packaging because it's it's synonymous with the Xbox, and so as as goes Halo, so goes um, you know the reputation of Xbox itself to some degree. So again, too big to fail. Um, again, I come back to that question of the feel good factor. If you remove the people at the extremes, right? I feel like anytime you're seeing the online conversation, you have to filter out the most negative ten percent and the most positive. You know how like in Olympic uh, figure skating, they, they always like remove the highest and the lowest score so you can get like a, a better average. I feel you have to do that. Unfortunately, the people at the, at the, at the extremes, like the, the apologists, oh, Halo can do no wrong. And then the really toxic, hateful people where you know, Halo can do no right, they tend to be the loudest. And they, and they tend to be the people that get heard the most, right? Because they have the most outrageous comments and they get picked up by the media. But like, where are people like, where are the moderates? Where are like the 75 to 80% of the people in the middle? How are they feeling about Halo right now? I don't have any first person uh, knowledge to say other than, again, when I, as someone who like monitors a lot of what's happening in the gaming world and I see the Halo conversation that bubbles to the surface, again, my contention is that the feel good factor is not there right now, is that people are generally in the main kind of dissatisfied where, 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 where Halo is. Now, not to in any way apologize for 343, I'll just say this is a problem across the industry right now. Most, it's, it's, it's sad to say, but most of these big live service games, as they get released now, the 1.0 release of the game is just another blip. It's just another point on the development roadmap, right? The development continues long after the game ships. 
And you know, look at where Destiny 2 is right now, for example, compared to where you know it launched some years ago. You know, the you know, it's almost a completely different game. World of Warcraft, completely different game to when it launched, because over the years it evolves and it constantly keeps growing and, and responding to player feedback and they throw more resources at it and the and the game grows and evolves. So who's to say where where Halo Infinite's gonna be in a year or two? I would simply say this would a would a reasonably minded, reasonably you know, well-informed observer of things like this. Look at where Halo Infinite is today. You know, uh, what is it like? Almost two years after it launched, and say, "Yeah, this is where this is where it should be. This feels like the right amount of progress." I would say no. I would say for like they're behind where where they need to be. I think they're aware of that. If I were Phil Spencer, I would not be thrilled with where Halo is. I'd be over at three four three's offices right now saying. What do, what do we need to do to get this back on track? I mean, I'm sure this conversation's already happened. Like, tell me what you need. I'll give you the resources. But like, we this has to this has to come around. We have to get to a point where, and you and again, you see it in so many other games, right? They're inevitably like two three years after launch, there'll be a headline in Polygon or Kotaku or Game Informer saying, "Hey, guess what? X Games actually good now. They got it to a good place." Right? We see that all the time. And I think that I think they need to get to that point um with uh with halo infinite where just the general sense that that pervades that whatever whatever conversation or whatever vibe is bubbling to the surface is a positive one that is not the case right now the split screen thing really landed with a thud again maybe that did get overreacted to but the roadmap and the number of new maps and everything they're doing like it all sounds good in theory but right now again i would contend that based on how long the game's been out and how important uh, halo is to xbox and to gaming as a whole they're behind where they where they should be, and they have a lot of a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, and I think of myself overreacting, right? I don't think I am overreacting. I think I'm just like I see this news, and I'm like I'm not reacting. I'm like, oh, okay, and I just move on, right? Because I just don't feel invested like I want to be, right? I do want to love Halo because I do love Halo, but it's just I'm not playing that game. It's not my thing right now. But when I look at like the Twitterverse. That's overreacting, right? Calling for people's jobs, saying that 343 yeah. shouldn't do Halo anymore. That, in my mind, is way overreacting, right? Because I do know that 343, each and every human being in that office is super passionate and wants to give us the very best. And they're probably trying their hardest, right? But, like, for me, it's like, oh, I just don't see this and get excited. And maybe that is overreacting or maybe that just isn't the right mindset. But looking back on the week, it's like, oh, I don't feel... Like I saw anything there that caught my interest or excited me. I'm going to keep playing games and have some fun. And maybe I'll come back the next time when they have the next big deep dive and I get excited about it. But there is a lot of overreacting going on. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But uh, before I wanted to ask, you know, Gary brought up, you know, this is, it was the big dog. I think we all can agree. Halo is not the big dog that it once was anymore. But when we look at the Xbox lineup and we look at the temples, Halo is, that franchise it is the face of this but right now it seems like it could have a negative ripple effect a ripple effect on the halo franchise miles do you think this year delay to the first year of halo infinite infinite will leave a ripple effect on where halo stands in the first person shooter world and in the video game world itself do you think they'll recover and be top dog once again or do you think we're just going to be middle of the road from this point forward I would say the industry overall is far more competitive. There are way more important, massive games happening simultaneously right now. And everyone wants to be the ongoing game that everyone invests all their time, 
all of their money and has the conversations online. And that's just not everyone can be the top dog. Um, and there were a lot of interesting conversations ahead of Halo Infinite's launch to see if it was going to stand toe-to-toe with Fortnite and Call of Duty with it being free-to-play. And there were a lot of passionate fans who said, I think it has a fair shake of doing that, of, of stepping into the Thunderdome and going toe-to-toe with Call of Duty Warzone and Fortnite. And I think right now it is safe to say that's, that's not where it's at. It's not competing in the way that I think anyone from Xbox or anyone from 343 or any hardcore halo player wants it to and it's going to be really interesting to see what that means for the future again if this turns around halo infinite a year from now two years from now is that contender has this huge resurgence does all of the things right does the the next to impossible and wins back the entire community and broadens its community that's going to be huge and that's going to allow a much easier transition into what's next for the future of halo but there are a lot of people who have been kind of disappointed in one way or another with the last several Halos. And I think that's, again, part of this compounding frustration in the community. And again, I'm not someone online trying to say, oh, well, Xbox needs to give Halo to a different team because that's just logistically unrealistic. And if you, sure, if you don't want Halo for 10 years, maybe that's something they can consider. But like you said, Mike, I do know there are a lot of passionate, talented people at 343 working to make this game great. And if they can turn it around, and if they can do that, that is going to solidify Halo as an important key pillar of the franchise. But if for whatever reason they don't, they, they struggle for another year or two, I think we're going to see Xbox transition where its pillars lie, at least in the interim. Yeah, Gary, Miles, you said so well. And Gary, you brought up the words, too big to fail. Right, Halo is that right now. But we look to the future, and there will be many more games. I think right now, in the reality of it all, Xbox doesn't have all of those games. Right, People can put up all of their fun tiles of roadmaps of what's to come, but right now, we're not there. Right, We're looking at just a select few titles, and Halo is that big title for them. Is it too big to fail, Gary? Or could we see a future where we're not really pushing Halo like we used to? I mean, it's it's. I'm, I'm glad you asked me the question because it was actually something I was I was thinking about as as Miles was was speaking on that point. That I I yeah I came in and said it's too big to fail. But like I'm a 50 year old man. I remember when Halo came out, right? And Halo has been a big deal for a long time. But we've had this conversation um, on the on the show before. Like remember when Paris asked his kids if they cared about Halo Infinite coming out? They didn't. They didn't care because they don't have the same association or the same history or the same affection. Uh, for Halo that we do, like you know, there, there are there are kids out there will tell you, oh Halo, that's an old man's game. Like they they think it's 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 they think it's lame. They think it's old because it's been around for so long. And you know, there are very very few, uh, you know, twenty years in video games. That's like dog years, right? Like that's a long time to have been around. And there are very few Mario and Sonics out there, like ones the ones that truly do kind of stand the test of time. Like even Call of Duty is getting kind of long in the tooth, but. In this particular case, like since Halo came out, look at look at what has come along. Call of Duty came along, uh, Fortnite came along, Valorant, um, Apex Legends. You know, there's there's, there's you know uh, 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 PUBG. All these games came along, and they all basically ate Halo's lunch in the years that it was away. And I don't know what I don't know what the solution is, but uh, you know, maybe there is maybe there there is a counter argument to Too Big to Fail, which is. To say, like, just because it's Halo, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to be the biggest thing on the block, right? Right now, it currently isn't. 
right? Halo does not have the same kind of luster that it did arguably save like, during like the, the like the Xbox 360 Halo 3 days where you could argue that Halo kind of peaked in mainstream kind of popularity. It was on cereal boxes and it was the biggest thing. They still put it on the cereal boxes, but does anyone care, right? May I, you know, if there's if there's like a long-term plan at uh, Xbox, I would argue that one of the one of the pillars of the, has, the plans has to be like, well, what's what's the life beyond Halo, right? We can't always uh, imagine that for the next 20, 30 years of you know, the first 20 years of Xbox was des- was defined by Halo. But does that does that necessarily mean that the next 20 years can or even should be like what's the next? You know, The next Halo shouldn't just be Halo 7. It should be something completely new that we didn't see coming, right? There was a time when Halo was something that was completely new that we didn't see coming, and it, and it, and it redefined what we expect from shooters, you know, on console. Like, what's what's the next version of that? When do we get to see something completely new? Now, given that Microsoft's been buying all of these studios, there's a good chance that they have lots of projects like that in the works. But if, if I was Phil Spencer, I wouldn't be banking the future of Xbox on Halo. Um, because again, right, not just because right now you see it struggling, but because, you know, that's, again, that's a, a very reductive way to think like Nintendo, you know, Mario will always be important to Nintendo. Um, but they don't just bank on that. They do, they do other things as well. Sony's hugely diversified when you think about, when you think about, um, like when you think about Xbox, people say name one Xbox franchise, people, most people would say Halo uh right away but when you talk about sony there's like seven or eight different things you could say you could say last of us you could say god of war you could say uncharted they've all kind of they're i think they're much more diversified in terms of their triple a portfolio um so it's a, it's an interesting question is it too big to fail i think you know th- there's an argument um maybe i think there's an argument for and an, an, an argument against maybe there's an argument i think miles touched on this a little bit is the idea that maybe you should just be not put out to pasture, but just like, let's take a break for a while. Like everything has to be all Halo all the time. Generally, there are, you know, gaps between Halo iterations, but that's not the case anymore. Halo now, Halo is now a live service game. Like it's being updated all the time. And I'm not sure what the future is beyond that, but maybe we need to miss Halo for a little while before we, we can make a big deal about it coming back again. I'm not sure what the solution is, but, you know, I just in the just in the course of having this conversation with you guys, my own thinking has evolved beyond, you know, just too big to fail to thinking, well, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if if Halo kind of was knocked off its perch for a while because it would force Xbox to adapt and come up with the, the answer to what is the next Halo beyond just Halo 7 or Halo 8? Um, that hopefully is kind of where their thinking is because they think it's a very, very risky strategy to put all your chips on one number, right? You want to be spread around the table a little bit um, in a way that I think Microsoft arguably isn't right now. Like if Halo just disappeared tomorrow, what steps into that breach? And right now, I don't think they have an answer to that, but they're, hopefully they're working on it because they need to be. Well said right there, Gary. And that actually goes well into our next viewer question, which is a fun one because Miles, he brought up, maybe we need to start to miss Halo or fill in the gaps and give Halo the mainstay a little more time. And we haven't seen that as of recent, but we have seen in the past with Halo Wars and Spartan Spartan Assault. I'm looking at you. I think of Gears Tactics as well. And that's what um, I'm just, or Justin B wants to know. He writes in and says, why is 343 the only team working on Halo? Halo should be a mega flagship franchise. And while that means all of the transmedia stuff like books and TV movies, it also means games. Why did we wait six years for another Halo game only for it to be disappointing? We could have had other studios pick up the slack and take the spotlight off of 343 by having other game genres and styles out there to hold people's interest. 
Halo is an infinite universe of potential. Make more games. Forza has two devs, one for Motorsports, one for Horizon. Why can't Halo have more support, especially now? Miles, is it time to start filling in the gaps and return to a Halo Wars or some sort of spinoff to maybe fill in the time, give us something different to love Halo once again, but also give time to the main Halo franchise to get better and come back into our lives? It's a really interesting question because there are people who would say, I only want the core Halo experience. That's what I'm interested in. That's what I want to see succeed. But then you would ask those same people about what they want from Marvel or from Star Wars. And those universes are saying anything and everything. Let's go. We want more spinoffs. We want as much content as possible. We want a show for everyone. No matter what your tastes are, no matter what your favorite obscure Marvel character is, we are going to give something to you. And it is a lot easier in a lot of ways. And this isn't to diminish the production of a film or television to produce a, a show or a movie compared to a major triple a video game it just takes longer and it takes more people and it takes more time every single year it seems like to make a huge big budget game that being said i give me that odst first or give me that odst flood survival horror game give me a game where you are a squad of odst you don't have armor you're not that powerful and you are trying to overcome the flood Give me those kind of experiments that take the world and the lore of Halo, enrich it, and it gives you something completely different than the core Halo experience. And I would be totally fine with other teams stepping up and volunteering, whether it's somebody from Xbox Game Studios or a, a partner studio that comes in, because I'm sure there are people who have ideas for a Halo project. But when we talk about, or when people, I should say, go online and say, well, Phil Spencer should demand that this team from Xbox Game Studios do a Halo game, or this team do a, do a Halo game. The reality is most of the teams are working on something else, and that team needs to want to do it and have a good idea. They're not going to demand anybody step up to the plate and make a game just for the sake of making a game. But if a team has a great idea, I would love to see Halo experiment with this. Now, like I said earlier, get weird. destroy all of the conventions of halo everything you know about halo gameplay fundamentally destroy it and build something new and that again i think that would for people who've maybe fallen off halo that would kind of rekindle that and so they could look forward to the next mainline release for halo again where right now there are people who don't like the core halo experience and that's all they get and so they're not really interested in halo in any capacity yeah, if you haven't played Halo Wars, go play it, Miles. Because I mean, to the audience out there, because yeah, I love those side spinoff uh, series and games. Right, that is just so much fun to play in the world, like you said, right. And Gary, that's where I'll bring you in because you are the master of not only creating these worlds but also playing in others' worlds and expanding upon that. Right, we've seen Halo; it is Master Chief, but it's so much more than that. There's numerous amounts of books. There is, of course, movies, and there's the TV show, right? And people are playing in this. Why don't we get to see more of that? Is there something difficult behind the scenes that we just don't understand, Gary, on why people aren't playing in this sandbox and creating more, like Miles brought up with Marvel and Star Wars? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of torn on it. I can, I, can see, I can see it both ways. Mythology and story is, yeah, 343, I'm sure, would tell you, is like a key pillar of the halo universe they've built all this complicated mythology and history and world building that they're rightly very proud of i personally think there's too much i think it's gotten to a point where um the mythology is too dense it's kind of impenetrable it's like there's so many proper nouns and things that you have to remember and 
I don't know. So it, it just, I don't know if it like adds up to something. There's sometimes like you know, less, less is more, but there's a tremendous amount of story in the Halo universe. You could argue that they have paired all that storytelling with the worst genre in which to tell a good story. First person shooters generally are kind of hard to tell stories in. You break it down to, you know, the, the kind of the cinematics between levels. And then there's a lot of stuff happening. You've got someone in your ear trying to delete, you're trying to read some kind of mission log while you're fighting off like 10 enemies. A lot of that stuff gets missed or just kind of, you know, clips through because the nature of the game is not the kind of, it's more of a lean forward than a lean back kind of game. So, okay, tell me a story. I mean, Halo, you're constantly on the move. You're constantly fighting, trying to stay alive. That can be a very, that can often be counter intuitive to, to telling a good story. I would, you know, if we're, if we're just like, you know, prognosticating here and just like playing around, I, you could argue that like a last of us style story, a more narrative based game set in the Halo universe where it's less about constant combat and it's more about exploration and, and character interactions or even like a, like a mass effect type thing where you're, where you're moving around in the space and discovering locations and having interactions with characters that might be a better conduit for them to expand and explain and and you know and deliver the the storytelling and the mythology part of the Halo universe than you know the very kind of narrow you know shooter gameplay that they have right now. Um, so I would like yeah I would like to th- see them do something kind of out of the box. Um, and you know again they're, they're inheriting all these teams. Again this is not this isn't a new concept right. Activision has had rotating teams on Call of Duty so they can deliver a new title for the shareholders every year now for a very very long time right. That's that that model is there. So, you know, we've we've got all these new acquisitions, all these new studios coming in. It wouldn't very it wouldn't be very difficult for Phil Spencer to say, okay, we're gonna, we are gonna create like a Halo um family of studios around 343. 343 will continue to work on the core titles, but you guys are gonna work on the on on the more narrative. Yeah, we're gonna do you know a, a, a telltale style adventure game. You can do that, we can do this. I think all of that's potentially really interesting. I worry a little bit about franchise fatigue where, you know, we live in an age where even Marvel now where it feels like there's a new Marvel show on Disney plus every other week, even that has started to, it's like, man, I, I kind of liked this when there was less of it, you know, like it's coming out of so thick and fast now that, you know, there's, it's, it's it, it, like the scarcity of it, you know, used to be like, you had to wait three years for a new star Wars movie. And that's what the made what made the new star Wars movie special. Now, again, when there's a new Star Wars or a new Marvel show every other week, maybe that makes it a little bit special because there's so much of it. Ah, if I miss this one, I'll just catch the next one. I don't know. There's 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 different ways to to think about this, and I'm not I'm not I, I'm certainly not suggesting that the that the uh the the answer to well, if the if the question is well, Halo is just less cool than it was, right? Which I think that's a that's an, a valid argument to make. Like Halo is generally considered less cool than it than it was like, at its peak back in the Xbox 360 days. Is the solution to that, well, let's just make lots more of it? I, I don't know. I think there might be a, a more nuanced um, answer than that. And maybe part of the nuance is, well, let's let's express the Halo universe in different ways. Let's do something that's more story-focused. Let's do something that isn't just another, you know, uh, exactly what you'd expect, which is another, you know, shoot cutscene, shoot cutscene uh, type experience, which is what has defined Halo, you know, outside of Halo Wars from the very, very beginning. But maybe it would be cool to have more stuff like Halo Wars. Maybe it'd be cool to have something more narratively focused. I don't know. I, I, I definitely think they are at a point in this franchise where the current strategy arguably has taken them as far as it's going to they, They've had a very, very good 20 years. But at this point, maybe it's time to, to think about shaking things up a bit. Guys, we're going to finish off the Halo talk with the one big final question. And Miles touched on it before. Social media has been ablaze with this one and i think i know where all of our answers are going to lie and i bet you they're all the exact same but of course shinobi 
3005 writes in and goes, Hey guys, given the reaction to the Halo's latest roadmap reveal, I feel like it's time for this question to be asked. Is it time for 343 to give up the Halo mantle? 343 has been in charge of Halo since 2009, and out of the four games, none have really met the same standards that were set by Bungie Trilogy. So what's the answer? Is it time for Microsoft to clean house on 343 management and start fresh? Or do you give Halo to another studio? With the Activision deal closing in the near future, Microsoft is going to get a plethora of gaming studios with years of experience in first-person games, first-person shooter games. If you were Phil Spencer, what would you do? Thanks for everything, guys. Peace. Miles, you already touched on this before, and I think you and I have the exact same answer, but I got to ask you, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's a little brutal, honestly, when I see people come online and say, like, shut 343 down or just pull them off of Halo. And I, I think if I'm Phil Spencer, that is not the right call. If you're leading a team, if you're leading all of these people, you do not want that that st- type of resentment towards you. And and if you did that, that sweeping type of move, that that move that diminishes the efforts and investments of all of these people, you are not going to have a lot of uh, friends in your corner. And that's that's a really brutal, I think, disingenuous approach to you know, quote, how do we fix Halo Infinite? How do we fix 343 Industries? You know. Obviously, there are a lot of talented people at that team, and it's I don't have all of the information as to how the structure of these teams is set up, how Xbox directly interacts with these studios. But I think if I'm Phil Spencer, I'm sitting down with these teams, and like Gary touched on earlier, I'm asking, what do you need? Where are, are, where are we failing you in terms of delivering what you need? Uh, where is our disconnect in terms of communication? Like The big question a lot of people are asking, and I think this is a fair question, is... Why did Halo Infinite release as an ongoing game with no foreseeable roadmap of content for a year? That's, I think that's a very fair, real hard question to ask. And if you are the leaders of these teams, you have to sit down and answer those hard questions because sure, we can say some people are overreacting, but the reality is this launch kind of, it amplified a lot of the distrust that a certain group of people have with 343. And I'm not going to say this is all 343's fault or this is all Xbox leadership's fault because I just don't have all of that information. But I am if 343 wants to make Halo, 343 is passionate about, quote-unquote, fixing Halo Infinite, then I'm going to empower them to do so. And I want them to come out one day on stage and be proud of what they've delivered. And if that takes time, if that takes money, resources, so be it. We, you have to figure it out at this point. And like Gary said, even though we can ask the, the question, is it too big to fail? It's way too big for Microsoft to throw in the towel, I think, regardless of if it succeeds or fails. They don't have the luxury to be like, well, we tried, and then move on to the next thing. Gary Witta, you've seen movie franchises come, go, fail, and everything in between. You've seen games do the same thing. Where do you feel about this? If you were Phil, what are you doing with 343? Are you sticking behind them or what? Remember, remember when I said earlier that if you want to have a reasonable conversation, you have to filter out the extreme opinions at, 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 on either side of the, the 10% most negative, 10% most positive. This is coming from one of those extremes. And I think it's, it's, it, you know, it's like, oh, well, um, the house has got some problems. Let's just burn it down. Like, that's not, that's not the solution. Uh, first of all, just think about it. Like, the optics of that would be apocalyptic. How do you spin that? Oh, the studio that we built specifically to run Halo? 
we're taking it away from them and giving it to someone else. Like, like they, they don't care. I, I want to, I want to read that press release. Like, how do you spin <laughs> that? There's no, it, 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 it just, just, and it, it's not necessary. Are there problems at three four three? It seems like. Yes, I think the, the the people running three four three, the people in senior management positions at three four three, and in charge of Halo. I I think yeah, it's reasonable to suggest that they do have real questions to answer, and some of the some of the some of the judgment calls they've been made are you know could well be called into question. The people that work at three four three, you know, they're working the hours, they're committed, but again, they're doing what the people above them are telling them to do. And if that, if the captain of the ship, if the person making the strategic decisions is not making the right decision, then all that hard work is ultimately not helping them because the ship's going um, in the wrong direction. Again, I still think that this is all correctable. Halo is not like in crisis. And I think, you know, it's a classic kind of media exaggeration, clickbait kind of stuff to say like, is Halo beyond saving or, you know, this or should three or three, three or three be shut down? These are not serious questions and these are not serious solutions to the problem. There are serious problems and they need to be fixed, but I don't think like burning the studio down. First of all, who comes in, right? Who like who, who's to say that the next team that comes in is going to do any better once you've dealt with the PR fallout of all of that? I think, I, I think there does need to be, I would say that there, and it may well be going on right now. Does there need to be like a real kind of shakeup within three four three? Does there need to be like a strategic rethink of of what Halo is and how it fits into the into the Xbox picture overall? Yeah, I think the time has come for like a real kind of existential look at that. Not just because it feels like the franchise is faltering a little bit right now. I, I think the fact that the franchise is is again that feel good factor is not there. Is not just the fact that Halo Infinite is behind, well behind. In its roadmap, but also just the fact it's 20 years old and franchises start to show their age. And even if the game was a total banger, there are going to be people like Paris's kids that just don't care because they want to play Fortnite because that's the new shiny object. Live service games in particular are really, really hard. It's one thing to get me to play a game for 40 hours, finish the campaign, and move on to the next thing. But like the, the challenge that games like Halo Infinite and Destiny and the and, and Warzone have, which is much harder, is getting people to stay in for the long term, where every couple of weeks there's some other game and someone's jangling their keys over here. Oh, new bright, shiny object. Come play this new thing. And that we all have the attention span of toddlers. Like, oh, new thing. Let's go over there. Like getting people to like lock in and dedicate themselves to a game for months and years at a time through all the updates and improvements and roadmaps and season passes. Stuff, that's really, really, I think that's the hardest thing in games to do right now. I envy no one that works in live service. But that's, I mean, you could argue that at, at the most kind of crucial time in Halo's history, right? Again, it's 20 years old. It's showing its age. It arguably is in need of either a rest or a major revamp. I think they kind of felt like Halo Infinite was going to be the major revamp in its life service now. It's always there. Uh, you know, it's monetized differently. Um, again, they're, they're very, very behind on their, their roadmap. And I think there are probably two schools of thought inside xbox on, on this right now one is like yeah this needs we need radical surgery let's let's pause let's do a strategic rethink and kind of reinvent what halo is going to mean in the modern age and then and, and, but there's also what the, the course that i think they're on which is just the, the stay the core strategy we're behind on the roadmap but we have but we, we do have faith in it we will get to we will get to that point where we're getting there hey guess what halo infinite's turned the corner those headlines are coming we will get there we're behind where we need to be and we should ask questions about why we're behind how we how we allowed that to happen but we still have faith in the overall vision and again i could i could i, I think maybe two both things should be happening at once let's stay the course 
you know, for the for the immediate like next say 18 to 24 months let's continue to iterate get caught up where we want to be on the roadmap bring back the feel good factor but so, at the same time there needs to be some kind of skunk works perhaps outside of 343 that is plotting the overall long term you know future of 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 halo uh, and and what is that even even that means retiring it for a bit like letting it have 10 years off or whatever so we can bring it halo's back you know like it, you know it's that classic like it's hard to say goodbye if you won't leave you know like it's hard to miss a game that's always there like we're excited about when things come i was excited about saints row right because saints row had been a had been gone for a long time and it's back oh that's exciting right things that have gone away for a long time we have an opportunity to miss them then they come back and they're new and shiny again but when something is ever present how do you reset it that's that, that's a much trickier question I'm right with these two guys. I, I, I'm still rocking with 343. I do not want to see a change. I don't think there needs to be a change. Of course, probably there's some discussion there, right? Whether it be leadership or we don't have the right vision or maybe COVID, right? But like, clearly they need some help. And that is probably what's on the team now is to figure out how do we help this team to provide the best that we can to make Halo great. But like, when I look back on it, four, five, Halo Infinite, I've had a blast with as a Halo fan, right? I've liked what 343 has done. I've enjoyed my time with Halo. So I don't think it needs to be, oh, just shut it down and move on. No, not at all. I'm still rocking with them. I'm still there. But I definitely do think clearly what is showing right now is the idea of making Halo a live service game is a uphill challenge that maybe didn't have the right vision or direction at the beginning. And we didn't put the good foundation down that we needed to make sure we were hitting the ground running and clearly they need some help. And that's what should See, be happening right now. That, that, that's what I think is really interesting and, 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 and also kind of confounding and a bit frustrating about it is the foundation is the one thing they got right, right? As we all, yeah. as we all agreed, when the game came out, like it had, it, it was actually kind of the opposite of when a lot of live service games launch and they're kind of crappy and, and broken, but then over time they get fixed and then they turn the corner. Halo had great fundamentals. It had great bones from the beginning. Like as Miles said, the, the, the maps, what maps there were and game modes there were, were really good. The game felt good. The weapons felt good. The sound design was great. Like it was just a blast to play until, you know, you ran out of road. But for that first couple of months, Man, that game had its hooks into me. So we know the core fundamentals are there. They they do actually have a great foundation to build on. They just somehow got you know they they, they got behind the eight ball in terms of you know building out from those from those fundamentals. But it, it's it's almost easy to say when a game launches with bad fundamentals. You know what? Yeah, this didn't work. Let's move on to the next thing. But when you know the fundamentals are good and the potential is there, that's almost more frustrating because it feels like wasted potential, right? I, I think that's why the community is so loud and passionate honestly because everyone agreed that the core experience of halo infinite campaign and multiplayer felt great it was a genuinely fun video game and that is for me in a lot of ways the most important thing you need to get right and this was one of the first big multiplayer releases in years and years where i played on day one and matchmaking wasn't a disaster. There, there right. were disconnects. There were no huge cues. It was tight. It was polished. Everything felt good. And it worked. And I, I was like, they can do it. This exists in this day and age. It can be done. And I think that is why all of these developments have made people so frustrated. Because you got the hardest parts right. You came out of the gate. You got the hardest parts right. And now we're just hungry for more. And what I want to see from 343 is as we move forward, I would love to see them continue to iterate on Halo Infinite, but I would love to see that team work on a new IP as well. Because maybe I'm off base. I don't have any information that suggests this, but I wonder if it's harder to recruit people to 343 knowing that you are only making Halo. 
And especially now with the state of Halo Infinite, it's got to be a hard ask to pull in huge, talented developers when they know the state of the game and they know it's going to be an uphill battle. But if you can say, hey, all right, we're going to have a team working on Halo, but we're also working on a new IP. We want 343 to be more than just Halo. I personally would love to see that because I think it would bring a lot of fresh energy to that studio and hopefully to future iterations of Halo. If they can go outside of what Halo is, experiment on mechanics, and then when they revisit it, maybe they have some fresh ideas for ways that they can, you know, spice up what Halo is, like Gary said, moving into the future. You could argue that Bungie actually had the smartest approach to this all along, right? It's the, it's the hardest time to walk away from something is when it's at the peak of its success, right? But that's what they did, right? When Halo was at the peak of its success, they said, now's the time to exit the stage and go do something new. And they went and created Destiny. And I think you could argue that's worked out very well for Bungie. Destiny is hugely, hugely successful. Bungie is, is you know, still has a tremendous, I'm sure you can find any number, I'm sure there are any number of Destiny players right now listening to me go, no, Destiny's all fucked up right now or whatever, because there's always those malcontents. But for the, most people would agree Bungie, like moving away from Halo and go and create something new with Destiny, that worked out very well for them, I think. They, they went and did it all over again and they created something fresh. Um, obviously Microsoft wasn't going to do that as well because again, Halo was this thing and like economically, you just don't walk away from it. But even though it's very, very hard to walk away from something at the peak of its success, it's often the smartest time to walk away because what does the future look like? You can't, it can't use, you, you know, you're never going to be on that ascendant ascendancy forever. At some point it's going to peak. And at some point people are going to start getting bored and it's going to start to trail off. And that's 20 years into Halo. That's kind of where we are now. You could argue that Halo peaked a while ago and now fatigue is set in. It's, it's an older game. And again, right they're behind where they need to be right now. And there's some disaffection is setting in. The people at Bungie probably feel that made that decision probably feel very smart about themselves right now. I remember Jerry Seinfeld, you know, when NBC were offering him all that money, continue Seinfeld. It was like, I don't want it because he, he, he already had all the money and said, you know, I don't want ever, I don't want ever want people to talk about, hey, do you remember when the, do you remember when Seinfeld used to be funny? Like he went out on top. And that's the hardest thing to do. Well, but oftentimes that's debatable it's the, with the, you know, the final episode. Gary, well, the fight <laughs> and the final episode was it, but, but, you know, in, in, in the main, that no, you, you know, it was you. the number one show on TV. And at some point you, that, that, I guess it, it, when people are loving it and everyone's telling you how great you are and you're enjoying all the success and all the money, that is both the hardest time to walk away from something, but oftentimes the smartest time to walk away and Bungie walked away at the smartest time microsoft again don't have that luxury they can't just abandon halo and say oh we're going to reinvent you know, the, something all over again they have to stick with it because it does have a tremendous you know the, the value of the ip and everything is very large but this is the problem we're trying to hang on to one ip for decades is sooner or later people are going to start getting a little bit exhausting and wanting to see what the next thing is and that's why i come back to my earlier comment you know the, the smart you know, vision for, for Phil Spencer and Xbox to be thinking about what is the what is the life of Xbox beyond Halo? What's the next Halo that isn't Halo that is going to be completely fresh and, and and reinvent? You know what? I, I feel like ten years from now, if I was Phil Spencer, right now again, when people say, "What do you think?" Of, what name a game when you think of Xbox? People, most people would say Halo. Ten years from now, I want I would want people to have a different answer to that question. If the answer is still Halo, I feel like they've they've done something wrong. I like that. Well, guys, we got to get the heck out of here. But I do have a quick heads up for all you Xbox fans out there. There's a number of things that you need to know about. And I'm going to tell it to you right before we leave. So coming up, of course, Xbox and Tokyo Game Show 
for 2022 are back once again. This coming from the Xbox Wire. We're pleased to confirm that Xbox will be making its digital return to Tokyo Game Show on September 15th. So mark your calendars for that. Find your appropriate times. It will be streamed with a broadcast celebrating the vibrant players and visionary creators across the region. Like years past, this show will be curated for our players in Japan and Asia. So make sure to check that one out. For Game Pass for September, you got some games hitting your consoles right now. Of course, Disney Dreamlight Valley is coming to cloud console and PC. If you're interested in that, Joey Noel, I hear later this week, is going to give her thoughts on the game on a Gamescast. So keep an eye out for that one. We have Opus Magnum on PC. That's an idea at Xbox title. And Train Sim World 3 on console and PC, all available right now. Coming September 13th and beyond, you have Ashes of the Singularity Escalation on PC, DC League of Super Pets, The Adventures of Crypto and Ace on Cloud Console and PC. You suck at parking on Cloud Console and PC. That's a game you should keep an eye out for because you saw yeah. Miles' smile. It is a really dope-looking game, so keep an eye out one for that one. And if you like Andy Cortez and the games that he likes, you're going to dig this one. Metal Hellsinger is coming. PC and Xbox Series consoles day one on Game Pass. So that is an awesome get, Miles. I see you get excited for that one. Pumped up about Metal Hellsinger? Oh, yeah. They got Serge Tonkin and Ann Matt Heafy, Tatiana from Ginger. They have the all-star lineup of some of the best vocalists in metal. And I played the demo. You can play the demo right now on Xbox. If you haven't, check that game out. If you have any passing interest in shooters and rhythm games, it just it feels so good. The flow of combat is tight. As you build up a multiplier, more elements of the of the song build. And so if you have the the sixteen time streak, which is the max streak, everything's there. All of the leads, all of the vocals come in, and you just feel like a badass when you oh. have that streak going. And Metal Hell Singer, such a dope get for Game Pass. I was buying that day one regardless. It was forty bucks, but to see that in Game Pass, ooh, mm, oh, let's go. I like that, Miles. Now here's one. Gary Miles, that got near and dear to my heart because last week I got a little in my thoughts. I got a little self-conscious and I was worried about how I sounded over the microphone. And Tom Warren at The Verge has respond, uh, has uh, reported about the new Xbox noise suppression coming in. So this is coming right from the article. If you have Xbox friends that like to breathe heavily into their microphones, blast loud music in the background, or Click loudly on their controller. The Xbox noise suppression feature is here to save you. Xbox Series X and S owners are getting an update today that has noise suppression during party chats to remove annoying clicks, background music, music, and breathing. Noise suppression is enabled by default, but Microsoft notes that it's easy to toggle on or off if you want to keep some types of background noise in your parties, like music. You can also turn noise suppression off, explains Xbox support note. Just open the guide, scroll to parties and chats, and select options. There you can enable or disable noise suppression. So very cool about that one because Kevin called me out for heavily breathing into the microphone last week, and I got all sorts of self-conscious and awkward, and I turned off my microphone for the rest of the night. So that will be <laughs> a big one there. That makes me feel good. Also, you know, shout out everybody really quick. Hey, do you hear that beeping in the background? Does your fire alarm maybe need a new battery or needs to be checked and exchanged? Oh God. Please, God, fix your fire alarms because that is one thing that I hate on Xbox Party Chat is that one homie that refuses to change the battery. 
Do me a favor. Oh, okay. Change that battery I right thought, now. I thought you were going to tell a, a story about how you were that person. <laughs> no, I'm not that homie. Okay, I, okay. I'm the one who's dying inside because I'm overweight and unhealthy and I'm breathing too heavily. I'll take that banner, Barrett. I'll <laughs> take that Ford banner, okay? <laughs> but I'm not the one with the fire alarm battery that keeps going off. And right, everybody right. can relate to that because everybody knows that one jabroni and we're never happy with you. Todd, I'm calling you out. I'm never happy with you, Todd. Remember that. Games with gold for September, Gods Will Fall, Double Kick Heroes, Thrillville, and Portal 2, an ultimate classic, a must-have in your collection. So please download Portal 2 and play that because it is a game that I will never forget. Made an incredible memory with a cute girl that I will always live and forever cherish. But man, Portal 2 is a must-play, y'all. So go out there and do it. That will conclude this week's Kind of Funny X-Cast. I had a blast with you, Miles Dompierre from Windows Central Gaming. Thank you so much for being here and filling in and just talking Halo with me and one of my gaming dads, Mr. Gary Witta. Always love coming on XCast. Appreciate the invite. Appreciate both of you. And yeah, I'm glad we could um, sift through the, the, the Halo Infinite conversations this week. We did a good job. Gary Witta, you were incredible as always, my good friend. We'll be back next week for more Halo talk. And more Xbox talk. See you then. See you, everybody.